some people have the biggest fucking balls, don't they? Some men, some people, people have the biggest fucking balls. Mm. And okay. when push comes to shove, they're able to reach down into themselves, uh, into this kind of this wellspring of fucking courage to act uh-huh. in ways that I know for a fact I wouldn't be able to. Uh, <laughs> okay. Have you ever heard of Samson Parker? Samson Parker. Samson Parker. I don't believe so. You remember that guy? Who, you remember that guy you told us about who fucking chainsawed his own head off and lived to tell the tale? <laughs> that guy. Yeah. Yep. All right. Let's talk about Samson Parker. Right. Uh, we're going back to two thousand and seven. Okay. What uh, What would you understand if I if I if I said that we were in Kershaw County in South Carolina? I mean, I wouldn't know the county, of course. I know where South Carolina sure. is. <laughs> what 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 might the landscape be like? Give us a little bit of a location. Precede just oh, some of the place up for I mean, us. when I think of of South Carolina, I guess I kind of think of foresty, but right. it's probably not all like that. <laughs> Farmland? I've never been there. Right, fine. Enough said. Listener, <laughs> neither of us have a fucking clue about the landscape of Kershaw County, South Carolina, but on this no. particular day in September 2007, right, mm-hmm. our boy Samson Parker was harvesting corn. Okay. Right? Harvesting yeah. corn... On his ride-on corn picker. Ooh, nice. Oh, yeah. Fancy, would fancy. you like to see a ride-on corn picker? I've got a picture of him here for you. If you I want actually to would. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, if you just take a little look at your signal. There you okay. go. That is that is a, a ride-on corn picker. Not unlike the one that our boy Samson Parker rode on. on this. Oh, it looks, looks more science-y than I was thinking. It is, It's like it? a little those, rocket ship. Yeah, those little conical... Uh, uh, I, I, I think that's where it sucks up the corn and shucks the corn. That's the corn where shucking nozzle. Where does the nozzle. person go? Uh, if you look at the back, there, on the right-hand side there, that's actually a little... Oh, you would you would hook that up to a tractor. Oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah? Got it. Yep. You would yeah, hook yeah, yeah. that with up you. to we'll, a tractor. We'll post this picture on the Twitter so that you yeah. understand why I was confused about this. Okay, so it's September, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and our boy Samson Parker is harvesting corn. The sun, you know, you can imagine the sun is high in the sky. He's done this year after year. You can, one imagines him feeling content, you know, okay. f- tilling the land, working the soil. He's an earthly man. He's an uncomplicated man. You know, he's a, he's got a sense of purpose. He's got a sense of satisfaction in his work, Samson Parker. Mm. He's out harvesting the fucking corn. And what could be better than that? All is right with the world. Yeah, <laughs> this in is Kershaw such an County, idyllic view of... South Carolina <laughs> harvesting the corn. Suddenly, mm. a problem. Uh oh. Yeah, that machine that you just looked at. Imagine there's a grinding noise coming from the rollers of the machine, right? I don't like right... to hear a grinding around anything mechanical. <clears throat> Not at all. Right there in the mechanism that that takes that freshly picked corn cob and fucking strips it of its exterior leaves. Mm. Samson applies the brake. He jumps down and he gets closer to the rollers. Oh, you know, no, no, he's, no, 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 He's buddy. looking into this his This is up machine. there with propellers. You don't, you don't get near it. No, no, no. It's like sticking your hand in the garbage disposal. Exactly. But this isn't Samson's first rodeo, right? He's <sighs> sure. a pro. He's a professional corn farmsman. <laughs> so he, you know, he looks down, he's squinting, he's looking at the rollers. Ah, there's the problem. A big old sheaf. Of corn stalks, yeah, 
Yeah. It's blocking the rollers and stopping the machine from doing its thing. It's literally just like whenever you go to like Xerox something. <laughs> what exactly, happens? Yeah. Like, There's a bit oh, of fucking fuck, paper. Big sheet of paper in the in the little rollers. Exactly. The one thing it is designed to do, mm, yeah. it has ceased to do because of the thing that it does. <laughs> yes, exactly. You know? Yep. So what does Samson do? He's, uh, well, what does he do? He reaches in, of course. He reaches in to clear the blockage. But the machine is still running. It snags onto his glove oh. and pulls his hand into the mechanism. Okay. Did he know it was still running? Did he, did he think he turned it off? He did. No, 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 no. He acknowledged that this entire misadventure <laughs> this was, was of, of his own doing. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. But it snagged his glove. It's pulled his finger in. He, uh, his hand is jammed, caught fast in the machine. He's in a lot of fucking pain, right? Yeah. He's realized right now he is in deep shit. Yeah. In this September evening in 2007 in Kershaw County, North Carolina. He's calling for help. Wasn't it South Carolina before? It was. Well done. <laughs> You're well testing me. Well done, listeners. Did you get that? <laughs> uh, gotta wake up early in the morning to put one past me. Gotta get one over on old Corrigan. <laughs> uh He's calling for help, right? But he's in the middle of a fucking acres of cornfield. Ain't no one listening. No one heard a fucking thing. So he's stuck in that machine by his hand for an hour, right? Hour and a half. Time is ticking by. He realizes he is in deep shit. He's shouted himself hoarse. He knows he's got to yeah. act. He's got to fucking do something. Right. So he casts his eyes around frantically, looking for something that might help. And he's able to reach on the machine a, 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 an iron bar, kind of a... Uh, just a, a bar of iron, right? Which he's got spare for some, I don't know, farming purpose. Takes his iron bar and jams it into the chain of the machine. Okay, to Ooh. stop. That's a very action hero thing to do. 100%. Oh, Samson knows his shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right, he got himself <laughs> into this situation, but by mm -hmm. God, he's going to get himself out of it. Yeah. So he sticks his iron bar in the machine, just stopping the mechanism, stopping the rollers. And with the machine paused in this way, <clears throat> he reaches into his pocket. Grabs his pen knife. Oh my god. And sets about the grim task. Oh Jesus. Of cutting off his own fingers. Ooh. Yeah. I wonder at that point, <coughs> like, is there a threshold of pain you can feel? Like if your fingers have been mm. grinding in this machine mm. for an hour and a half, is there yep. a point at which like Yeah. He says at this, this point his just... fingers have gone numb. Yeah, okay, that's what I was thinking. Like you probably you probably can't feel shit at that point. And wouldn't it be great if that was the end of the story? Uh, oh, no. It fucking okay. isn't. Because before he can finish hacking off his own digits, while he was still stuck, the rollers grinding against the metal rod that he'd shoved in the chain oh, no. mechanism there started to give off sparks, uh -huh. setting the fucking cornfield around him on <gasps> fire. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. The fire spreads rapidly, starts to consume him as he's knelt there with his arms still trapped in the fucking mechanism. Uh, yeah. Uh, he is now stuck uh, and on fire. Fuck. Uh, later on, he told NBC, my skin was melting. It was dripping off my arm like melted plastic. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, maybe that'll help the hand slip out easier. Well... Continuing the quote, being on fire, fire will make you do stuff you'd think you'd never ever do. I didn't want to burn to death there and have my family come and find me dead in the back of that corn picker. So what's he going to do? He was either burned to death. He's just going to rip the hand out. 
he's either going to burn to death or he's going to use that pen knife to amputate his own arm. Oh, yeah, got it. They make. I him was tough. thinking he was just going to do a full yank and see what happens. No, no, no. They make him tough in Kershaw County, North Dakota. Oh, yeah, just seems slow going. It was South Carolina. You didn't catch that one, did you? Oh, <laughs> I was thinking too hard about the pen knife. <laughs> Anyway, he begins <laughs> hacking away at the at the fucking the skin, the tendon, the muscle of his arm. Um, to your point, he claims to have felt little initially. He says in his interview yeah. with NBC, really, the only pain I felt was when I felt the nerves. I could feel yeah. the nerves as I was cutting my arm off there, he later recalled. Mm-hmm. When he hit the bone, his pen knife gave up on him. So check this yeah. out. Check this the fuck out. Oh, jeez. How did he finish the job? He threw himself downward onto the weight of the exposed bone, snapping his own fucking arm off with his own body weight. Whew. Yeah, man. Jeez Louise. Oh, yeah. He gets to his feet, blood pouring from what remains of his arm. Yeah. The tires explode on the fucking corn picker, blowing him five feet backwards out oh. of the fire. Oh, well, helpful. You know? <laughs> so he gets into his nearby pickup truck. And drives right into the middle of the nearby road and parks in the middle of the road, tries to wave down passing cars for support. People were driving around him. People were fucking doing their best to speed away from this fucking burned, one-armed, bleeding man screaming at them in the middle of the fucking road. <laughs> Finally. Awesome. I know, Where is right? your southern hospitality, South Carolina? Indeed. Indeed. Jeez. Well, it finally arrived uh, in the form of uh, a, a, a nearby... A uh, guy who, by absolute luck alone, happened to be a first responder, was able to stem the bleeding. Uh-huh. A rescue helicopter was called and Samson Parker was airlifted to hospital where he spent three weeks in a burn unit. Check this out. How lovely is this? While he was in hospital recuperating, some 25 of his neighbours got together and finished harvesting his corn for him. Oh, that is really nice. You got a, you only got a window that for lovely? that, man. Oh, yeah, isn't that lovely? That is really lovely. Okay, there's the Southern hospitality. There it is. And he lives to this day, to this fucking day, with that same rusty fucking corn picker that fucked him up so badly, still sat in the field in his home. It just, like, does he use it? Or it's just Uh, like, here's... No, in another interview. In another interview, he says, first thing I did was make peace with that corn picker. Mm It wasn't a corn picker's fault. It was my fault. And yeah. we have farmed since that day, and I actually bought another corn picker just like the one I had before. I guess it was it did what it was supposed to do, I suppose. It did. Uh, I mean, aside from getting mm. corn stuck in it, but... Oh, that is gnarly. Yes, yes, I mean, hey. so, go on. He's, he was a little bit lucky. Like, yes, there's a lot of grit there. There's a lot of, you know, whatever, but... Tenacity. He wasn't, like, the quickest thinker. No. About this whole thing. Like, these no. are the kinds of decisions that you feel like you kind of have to make a little faster than that. Mm. <laughs> and uh, so he got, like, a little lucky that it took as long for everything to go south as it yes. did. Yes. I mean, he all told he was out there for a good, like, you know, hour and a half, hour 45. Yeah. So what are your thoughts about Samson Parker? What do you think of, what do you think of the guy? What do I think of him? Yeah. Well... I mean, tough as old boots, yeah, hard as nails. Yeah, it seems it seems like a pretty tough guy. I always wonder, like, I mean, that's the thing is, it, you said like you would you would never or whatever, but I'm like, I don't know in that situation. Mm. 
Well, again, to just go back to his quote, being on fire, it'll make you do stuff you'd never think you'd ever do. you do stuff you would never think to do. And uh, so, you know, I always wonder with those kinds of things. Like, I always joke about how I don't want to survive an apocalypse or things like that. Yeah. Which I I don't. It sounds terrible. But (laughs) I also, like, in an emergency, I'm usually pretty cool and collected. Mm, Um, I can imagine that. And, yeah, so I feel like... I don't know. I always wonder in a situation like that, would I just be like, oh, fuck, it's been 20 minutes and nobody's coming and just yeah. hack those things off that, <laughs> you mm. know, like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I hope we it's never have to, to find out. I mean, yeah, I don't want to know. Uh, Parker does uh, speaking engagements. He's written a book, mm-hmm. a book about about just uh, his book is called Unthinkable Choice. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And I took a little look at his website earlier on and, and read just some, some testimonials. Let me just tell you a little bit about Unthinkable Choices book, all right? Oh, please. This yeah. is from uh, samsonparker.com. Unthinkable Choice is more than the story of his life and death struggle. It's the story of how God used this tragic incident <laughs> to change not only Samson's life, but also the lives of those around him. Mm, Unthinkable Choice is the true story of one man's faith in God his family's love and his road to physical and spiritual wholeness. I was going to say, where could you really go with this otherwise? How do you write a book about, like, my arm was stuck in a machine for <laughs> 90 minutes and I chopped it off? Like, yeah. that's a that's an interesting anecdote that's not a book. <laughs> Samson, what happened to your arm? Well. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what that is. But, yeah, you got to add the, like, you know, the Jesus angle and all of a sudden. Yes. Uh, he, here's your life. That, that it was God. It was God. God saved him. God also put his arm in that fucking shoe. Yeah, exactly. Where's your God now? <laughs> Let me quote directly from my notes, if I may. Yes, please do. Fucking look at these nerds. Oh, mise en scène. I don't think anyone has ever said mise en scène in such a horny way before. The way I whispered the word sex cannibal recently. Worst comes to worst, Mark. I'm willing to guillotine you for science. Thank you. That's really, really sweet. It's cold so, outside, but my pancreas is talking to me. I'm fucking, I'm going to leg it. You know how I feel about that, Mark. I think you feel great about it. And it's like sitting here just like, don't throw up. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't, don't throw up. <laughs> Jack of all graves then, yeah? Jack of all graves. Uh, welcome. Yes, welcome. It's another one. Another one of your favorite uh, podcast. Another episode of your favorite award-winning podcast. Fucking skyrocketing in popularity and reach. <laughs> we are now being listened to in. Lit- I checked. I checked the figures earlier on today. Oh, did you? Yeah. We you now out? have active listeners in every single country on earth. Do you think that there's some listeners in Kershaw, South Carolina? Uh, yeah. Well, I have it on quite good authority that Samson Parker is. Uh, he's he's got a Jack of All Graves sticker on his fake arm. <laughs> Have it on very good authority. So listen, yes, welcome, friends, welcome. It's uh, I just wanna just wanna have a little bit of a Joag reality check mm. with all of you all listeners. Right. It's just a little bit of a reminder mm. uh, of why we're here, right? Okay. We are here. Jack of all graves is here because we reasoned very early on in the life cycle of this podcast that everything is futile and meaningless. Mm, yeah, and that used to fuck with me that used to that that used to have me empty and hollow and yearning for something to fill the void until 
thanks to these fucking weekly therapy sessions that Corey and I undergo, I've realized that the void was the fucking meaning. The meaning mm. was the void. In the void, you find poetry and beauty and humor and love and romance and nobility in the void at the fucking nexus of nothingness. That is where you find us. That is where you find Jack of All Graves and that is where we come to you today. Welcome. You, <laughs> you say such such like powerful things but then you use a phrase like that's where you find us and my brain stops listening to you and starts <laughs> singing the theme from C-Lab. I've never seen it. Never seen a single episode. <gasps> You've never seen C-Lab? <laughs> I don't think I would like it. Uh, I think you would like it, especially if you were like a little high. I, well, I, I, mean, wouldn't, know any, I wouldn't know anything about that. Wouldn't know oh, anything my wife, about that. My wife, she's that. a big fan. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't know anything about those kinds of extracurriculars. Uh, no, um, no, 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 no. I can't remember is. what I fucking ate for breakfast today, but I wouldn't know anything about any of that. <laughs> Right. Um, speaking of things that you can't remember, I asked you to feel for your kids' teeth today. Yep. Yep. It was Which a disappointment. Huge disappointment. Uh, just to recap, uh, I spoke last week about how all toddlers, all children have their adult teeth just fucking right there under their eye sockets, walking around with their skulls crammed full of an unfucking real amount of teeth. Uh, Corey asked if I could palpate the faces of my fucking kids. Didn't feel a single tooth and was just ridiculed by everybody in the house. Both dad, what, dad, leave my face alone. What are you doing? Laura's like, what are you up to? I'm trying to feel their teeth. Uh, you know, uh, it was okay, but unsuccessful. How many, like, here's my question, though. Mm. I mean, they're they're not babies. Um, they've probably lost a good chunk of their teeth at this point, though, right? Yeah, they have. Pete's walking around with loads of gaps in his mouth. Owen's got one or two. Yeah, so I feel like maybe you need to find, like, a younger specimen. You need to borrow a friend's younger child who hasn't lost all their teeth yet. Uh, give, them a, no. give them a good press. I'm not doing that. Okay, well. That's the end of that experiment. sparkle motion, but yeah. all right, that's fine. That's <laughs> yeah, okay. Nothing. You want to know something weird that yes, happened? I mean, I've course. told you, but a, a bananas thing happened Oh, I love yesterday. this. I love this. So... If you listen to this podcast regularly, you know that we love a good coincidence, just a great cosmic convergence of mm. things that comes together in a hugely unlikely way. And we had one of those yesterday. Um, our dear friend Sam has flown to Los Angeles to see AFI, big show uh, in L.A., and, you know, has been taking the, taking the town, all that kind of stuff. It's been really fun. Um, you know, we've been giving him recommendations and whatnot to, to go see things there that he's been taking and having fun. Uh, so seeing him in my stomping grounds is delightful. Um, but another one of my friends, a fellow who I've made a few films with, he had posted in his story, um, you know, something about, like, would I fly to L.A. for a concert for these guys? I would. Uh, and he was at the AFI show, too. And it was like a picture outside of the arena, the Kia Forum in L.A. And so I took a screen grab of this and I sent it to Sam. And I was like, oh, I have another friend who flew to L.A. to see this show as well. Mm. And Sam's like, oh, I love that. And then like 30 seconds later, he messages me and says, 
Corey, I am in that photo. That's amazing. <laughs> and sure enough, not he not only is he in this photo, he's literally mm. the only person facing that direction. It's a line of people. Everyone else, it's their backs in this photo. It was photo. like the instant he turned his face around. Click. <laughs> right. There is Sam just looking back in my friend Dave's photo of all the people at this AFI show how in Los Angeles. I mean, I don't know how the place itself fits 17,000 people. There I don't know go. if they had the whole thing open, but mm. thousands and thousands and thousands of people. And in this photo that I saved and sent to Sam, he is in it actively 5,000 miles from home. The chances must have been infinitesimal. Very small. Right? Incredible. Mm. I just, oh, I love a moment like that. So much like <coughs> last week, uh, a television show about the great smog of London started yes. just as I began telling you about it. We have this incredible coincidence. This Is week. there a word for that uh, beyond coincidence? There's got to be some kind of word for that. It's a very good question. Well, I mean, uh, as well, I don't know if it's entirely the same thing, but as someone, and I'm sorry that I'm forgetting who it was who pointed this out, but that they reference the the Bader-Meinhof phenomenon, mm. um, which is basically that thing where, um, like, you feel like you've never heard of something or whatever, but then you see it everywhere once you've heard of it. So, yes. or like, you know, you get a new car and suddenly you realize everyone that. is driving the same car as you. Mm. <laughs> so, you know, there there's something to that when it comes to like the the show starting right when I talked about it and you had never heard of it before. Because if if uh, if but, you know, yeah, I don't know. If that happens, like, on your phone or on your computer, fine. It's the algorithm doing it. It's the fucking... Right. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, this isn't really a coincidence. This it, is but, just, yeah. But that was... That's organic. Pure, 100% organic beta mine half. That's what yeah, that was. Yeah, it doesn't matter whose house you were in. That show was on the TV everywhere yeah, in Britain. It was incredible. Yeah. Something I'd never, ever fucking heard of before in my life. Really yeah. cool. I believe um, Hannah watched it, and she said it was actually a very good documentary. So... Good. You know, if anyone is there looking is, for it. I mean, there is an explanation for that photo of Sam for the documentary coming on. I can explain it all. Go on. The little baby Jesus. <laughs> Obviously. I mean, it's the little baby Jesus it. looking down on us and I using think... <laughs> his love. <laughs> yeah, we've, you know, Mark, we've been doing this podcast for long enough that I think yeah. it's time for me to drop the facade this atheist, you know, deconstructed facade mm. um, and tell you that I have just been bit by bit working towards you as my mission field. Ah. And I think we're finally reaching the point where it's becoming difficult for you to deny Christ our Savior. I, I've tried, mm -hmm. but all of the pieces just week by week have slowly been clicking into place you know exactly yeah i i i'm sleeping better now mm -hmm. yeah I'm, look at that i'm seeing his divine fucking hand at work in all that i do all that i am yes absolutely so. hallelujah and amen and listen he has plans to prosper you and not to harm you mark oh, so good i to just know. need you to know that so good to know i am thrice blessed you really are. <laughs> As can you be, dear listeners. <laughs> As can you be. Here, here. Uh, if this is your first time listening, I, I'm not being serious, by the way. Oh, no, no, no. Absolutely 
just to, just in case someone's worried that I really did just give away my game and I've been evangelizing this whole time. I'm not. Um, anything else going on, Mark? How's your life? What's, what's, what's shaking? No, really good, what's really good. What's as uh, they it's say. Been, it has been a absolute textbook Sunday, right? Mm. If you were to sit me down and have me map out what, uh, uh, as a 44-year-old man, I like my Sundays <laughs> to look like, it has been just like that today. Just a lovely, lovely session at the gym. Uh, watched a couple episodes of Columbo, played some video games, uh, cooked a really nice dinner, just recording this award-winning podcast. With you, my wonderful transatlantic friend. You know, <laughs> I ain't got Can't much to complain, complain about. Yeah. <laughs> that is an absolutely beautiful thing, and I love to hear that. Mm. How about you? Uh, it is... I'm tired. Okay. Yeah, I get that. I <laughs> it's that. daylight saving! Yeah. Uh, so we lost an hour of sleep on top of my never sleeping as it is. Uh, and so, yeah, I have I've been off all day. I don't know what time it is i yeah can't read my body signals of like when i'm hungry and things like that just mm. like very confused uh so i've just kind of been lying around attempting to read things um and watching uh disney plus most oh, of nice. the day mm. yeah so that's been you know it works out i've made do with it and tonight is it's uh, it's the Last of Us finale. It's the Oscars. Um, the movie theater that I'm a member of, they did uh, an Oscar ballot contest. So I filled out my ballot today mm-hmm. to win some prizes. Uh, so Surely Rakakuni has to has to fucking sweep it. Yeah, I mean, it feels that way. I it was does, skeptical of that earlier because. There's, a, you know, you've still got the fact that you've got like a mostly white academy and all oh, yeah. this kind yeah, of yeah, stuff. Yeah. And people who often are like kind of hostile to something mm. coming in like that, like kind of outsider, you know, uh, picture that's not like a, it's not a classic style Oscar picture, all this stuff. But I also think that like they are subject to pressure. Um, and when you watch this win everything else like do you really want to be the awards show that like gives everything to all the white movies and ignores everything everywhere was Parasite last year or the year before I feel like that was like four years ago that was a while ago was it that was pre-pandemic was it yes Ah, all right. <laughs> I went and saw that in the theater in California. So okay, that was, yeah, that's a while back. I do I do think of everything ever all at once as being Rakakuni the movie, though, and the rest of it is just, <laughs> is there like the B and C plot? Right, yeah. This is what it's really about, is yep. Rakakuni. Oh, I need to watch that again. I'm going to watch that again. I know, right? Yeah. As soon as you start talking about it, I'm like, oh, I could totally go for that movie again mm. right now. Um, my sister had texted me. She was watching it a couple weeks ago, and she had some like funny text about like how, how am I how am I sobbing about a raccoon chef right now? Yes. <laughs> I was like, I know, I know. Yeah. This Blind movie sneaks up on you. You've but good, no luck. idea what you're absolute for. good luck to that movie. I hope it fucking yeah. I think it's gonna board. clean up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was a period there where I was like really worried that like the whale was going to be the thing that takes everything but i think like now there's enough like hey maybe this movie kind of sucks happening that that's not gonna happen yeah, the whale is bad actually yeah the whale actually might be bad <laughs> like are we there's gonna... that go on oh 
Uh, I was just going to say, there's like the film festival reaction versus like real people reaction and like just regular critics reaction, you know, like, so it felt like out of film festivals, it was like, everyone loves this standing ovations, all that. And got into the theaters and everyone was like, um, now this week, are we going to watch Outwaters together? I think we have to. Yeah, I think we have to. I think (laughs) I know how it's going to go. Yeah, yeah, I definitely do. Uh, Outwaters is kind of. Uh, this month's Skinamarink, I guess. Uh, uh-huh. It's the the movie that everyone is is watching right now um, and having polarizing reactions to. From the description, well, from people's reviews and things like that of this film, to me, it feels like it is going to be exactly the kind of like artsy, slow, yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. vibes. I don't know vibey vibes movie horror, that mate. i'm going to Artsy hate and vibe mark horror, is going to love which i'm gonna um, num, 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 num. i'm gonna fucking gobble <laughs> gonna it eat right up, up. yeah um, num, 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 exactly num, num, num. <laughs> so yeah i <laughs> i believe i texted you the other day and i was like i think we have to watch this because yeah this is gonna be one of those movies i hate and you love but scans review looks for the word where's the word ah there it is liminal <laughs> liminal oh, um, num, num, there num, it num, is yeah <laughs> serve it up <laughs> Yeah, so Outwaters, um, if you've seen it, let us know what you think. Um, and we are going to, we're going to take that one on this week. And next week, we'll let you know yes. how it went. I don't know. Maybe it'll surprise us. We'll we'll see. Maybe <laughs> I will love it and you'll hate it. Yeah, it might <laughs> lead to you just reappraising the, the liminal vibes horror over. <laughs> you know, every now and again, something gets through my filter. You know, uh, you get your occasional possessor or Saint Maud or something like that. that yeah you know, manages to weave its way in, but <laughs> it is rare. Uh, we're we're going we're gonna to talk in some detail about Scream 6 a little later. Yes, uh, that is our, this week we've decided we're going to just kind of deep dive into the Scream franchise as our, yeah. our closing chat. So we will get there. Which you're going to lead on, um, but... yes. Uh, what trailers did you get when you saw it this week? Um, again, this theater doesn't show that many trailers. Uh, of course. Um, but, of course, there was uh, Evil Dead yeah. again. Um, the new Jennifer Lawrence movie that I'm very excited about. Mm. Uh, it's a comedy. You know, one of those, as people refer to it as like a 2006 bimbo comedy. Looks okay. like a lot of fun. I love yeah. Jennifer Lawrence. Have always, will always. Um... I don't. I can't remember. I even said to myself, "You're gonna remember what these trailers are, so that you can tell Mark." You no, know I'm gonna afterwards. ask. Yeah, I knew you were gonna ask. And of course, I don't. I don't know. I don't think there was anything that interesting, though. I don't think there were a lot of. Uh, we had Kylo Ren versus Dinosaurs in Space. I didn't. There was no trailer for that. It, okay. Although they are showing it at that theater. Apparently, that blows though, and I'm really bummed. I'm very disappointed to hear that as well. Yeah, I although, was really excited about although, that. Although. Hmm. Many's the time I have had a blast with films that have been critically mauled. That's a valid point. So I'm worried that it is going to be slower and artsier than it looks. It's going to be like, mm. what was that, Vesper or whatever that we watched that one time? Yes. Like, that's the kind of movie yeah. it's going to end up being? Yeah, but they know they've got to make the fucking budget back somehow. <laughs> so it's Kylo Ren yeah. fighting dinosaurs in space. Yeah, and... I've said before, like, I feel like I like Adam Driver, like, as a person. I like him when he's on SNL and stuff like that. But I don't know if I've ever seen a movie with Adam Driver in it that I liked. So, 
I like yeah, one I of the one. Star Warses that he was in. Well, there you go. I'm not a Star Wars person, so I've seen nah, them, but they, they do nothing for me. So, <laughs> Aside Such from Rogue One, I have they're all, meh, whatever. Such a shame uh, what happened there. I hear, I hear that, yeah. Um, but yeah, so what else, though, have we been consuming this week? I have watched a lot of things this well, week. Well, take it away then, take it away. What have you, what have you, what have you been getting yeah, into? Yeah, it's been, as happens, it's like, you know, I finish an outline, yeah. and then what was this I kind of like go ham. Writing? Am I allowed to? I was writing another psychedelics-based one about uh, how psychedelics uh, impacted early tech innovation wonderful wonderful in fact yeah yeah. a lot of interesting stuff there tangentially i was going to speak uh let me just find her name again okay i was gonna speak earlier on about amanda fielding okay um a uh just a, a a pioneer of progressive drugs policy in the uk um oh okay she's ran seminars in the house of lords uh, she, you know, she was one of the first people to spearhead, you know, actual rigorous scientific study of the effects of THC, psilocybin, DMT, and so on. And also, one of the only living people to have successfully performed I didn't die self trepanation. What? You fucking heard me. She fucking trepanned a hole in her head. Why? She was. She thought it would work. <laughs> she thought it would work. She she filmed it as well. She's. She, the, she, this sounds like a cold open that you're gonna need to do. Yes, it, and it it almost was, but then I came across a whole came fucking across stumpy oh. McCorn fucker. <laughs> now, now we have no evidence that any corn fucking happened. We we don't know that it didn't. Guess you've got what was he really doing there. behind the fucking exhaust pipe of his I mean... corn picker, you know? <laughs> when he says it was his fault, it was his fault. Yeah. But yes, yeah, so uh, I've been on my, you know, clean my room, empty my closets, all that kind of stuff, and just binge stuff. Nice. Uh, um, I would like to thank you because every so often you make a recommendation <laughs> and it is so right it is it just lands so so mm-hmm. so beautifully i probably make more recommendations like that than you realize but yes. it's not unless i then also text uh-huh. you that yeah, you actually yeah, watch it um but yes that's amongst the things is poker face i poker mentioned face. it last week brilliant and unless i've completely missed it it's had no uh I don't think it's been shown anywhere over here. I couldn't find it anywhere mm. to, to stream mm-hmm. legally over here. Uh, and that is a shame. I only hope that Sky or Paramount Plus over here or somewhere picks it up. Because yeah, I'm sure they will. It it needs eyes on it. It's funny as fuck. Really, really, really well kind of written and plotted and paced. Uh, and a joy, an absolute joy. And I'm, I'm really grateful That's that exactly you sent it. it my way. Yeah, a joy is just the right way to... Mm to talk about that show um yeah natasha leone is so great all the the so the thing with poker face um i think a few weeks ago i i mentioned this that everybody was watching poker face everybody's talking about it um Mm. and it caused 
by nature of what kind of show it is, people to start talking more about Columbo, which caused me to then start watching Columbo for the first time in my life. I have now uh, finished... I am three. I've finished three episodes of season three now. That's how far through Columbo. And these—they're long. Colum- they're uh, they're long you know, they're, there ain't no episodes. punchy episodes of Columbo. It's no. The the short episodes are the hour and fourteen minute ones, yeah. and then each season there's several hour and thirty five minute episodes of it. And I've just been sort of starting them, you know, an hour and mm. a half before bedtime mm. and uh, watching them each night and having a blast with that. But this also, watching Poker Face, led you to immediately go <laughs> delve exactly into Columbo same thing. as well. So I've gone straight back to the beginning of Columbo and uh, it's been a delight. It's one of the reasons why today was such a great Sunday because I managed to get mm. two episodes in before noon. Um, <laughs> ah, and it's, it's... Where to even begin with all of the ways that that show is fucking brilliant? Mm. Um, just with Poker Face, super briefly, right? There is, they've essentially given her a superpower, and I'm not altogether cool with that. <laughs> you know, sure. mm-hmm. uh, Columbo didn't need a superpower. No, right. You know, and and you know, and and his episodes are as beautifully kind of built and executed as, as anything you'd have seen. And he doesn't need any weird abilities to do it. He's just a tenacious. But it's also his weirdo. job, right? Like yes, presumably yes. he's trained, yeah. you know, to <laughs> to be able to use mm. deductive reasoning and all these kinds of things. Whereas uh, in Poker Face, Charlie stumbles into all of her And even, in, even that's beautifully done though. Yeah. Yeah. You know, she's a, a, a force <laughs> of nature, just like the littlest hobo, just breezing through America. Uh, right. uh, and and helping those she encounters. It's lovely. But back to Columbo, right? Because, mm, mm-hmm. you know, that's all I really want to talk about at the minute. <laughs> it, I, I, I'm not going to articulate this very well because it's only like a half-finished thought. But the length of the, of the episodes, right? The pace of an episode of Columbo, it doesn't fucking rush. No, right? None. There isn't a single episode of Columbo which you would describe as punchy. You know? <laughs> not in the slightest, no. The, you know, the pace is measured, the dialogue is measured. The I mean, and sometimes there's like one of them that I was watching last night, I think, mm. uh, that like at times I was like, not in a frustrated way, but I was like, it's comical how long they'll spend on something that is ultimately meaningless. Like even a gag or something like that. Yeah. Like Columbo being very annoying yeah. about something. Like just driving a person crazy by asking too many times if something's okay or something yeah. like that. Like they'll linger on something like that for minutes. Yeah. That would be like a quick, you know, quick funny quip on another show. But no. I'm getting I'm getting closer it. to this thought finishing itself off. Everything that you see Columbo do in this show is in service of the character mm-hmm. as opposed to in service for the viewer. <laughs> right? Sure. I think Columbo as a show is Columbo as a show is is a, a an exercise in building and fleshing out and developing a character and not pandering. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take shortcuts at all. Right. For example, right? For example, mm-hmm. at the end of the last one I saw is just episode three, directed by some kid, <laughs> Spielberg, Steven Spielberg, I don't know. Uh, rings a bell. I'm sure we'll see more from him. <laughs> um, 
I don't know if you remember, Corey. It's the one with the authors, the 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 authors who are partners. They've they wrote a series of mystery yeah. novels, and they're gonna they're gonna kind of you know there's they, uh, 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 an unamicable one of them did all the split. work. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So he murders his partner. Uh, after all of Columbo's wild, wily fucking, just so cerebral the way he takes people apart, the <laughs> very last shot of the show he's got this suitcase full of fucking you know fifteen thousand dollars in front of him right and he's ordered a root beer in this cafe he's in and even though he's got this suitcase full of money in front of him he still pats his pockets down to try and find a fucking dollar to give to the waitress he's such a fucking moral good guy he's a Mm -hmm. good guy yeah it's brilliant it blows me away i fucking love it yeah it's yeah it's such an interesting show and like I think on top of all of that, I was telling you yesterday, like there's, I have this sense of Columbo almost being like event television, of being like the prestige TV of the time. Like the yeah. guest stars in each episode are like legit people, mm, you know, huge. like they get huge names on this and the episodes are long and often kind of like very artsy. Like they'll have like a oh, very yes. avant-garde sequence, you yes. know, in, in an opening and things like that, that are um, very of their time, obviously yeah, very seventies, yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah, it, it has this just really interesting, interesting sense of like art to it very that I so. didn't expect. I expected Murder She Wrote when I started this. You know, ah, and it's I not see. that at all. I see. Oh, it's a, it's <laughs> it's certainly a, a a couple of levels above that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. And I love my Murder She Wrote. Don't get mm. me wrong, but this is not at all the same thing. This is definitely trying to be something that's a little more mm. highbrow, even as Columbo himself is so decidedly lowbrow. Yes. Which is another thing I love about it. this. is such an eat the rich show, and it's just watching. Very, very wealthy people, because that's who he deals with. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, and all of all whom of go them... through their journey with him. Yes, it, right. It's such a common thing towards the end that they'll say something on the lines of, you know what, Columbo, I think I'm even starting to like you. As they raise their <laughs> fucking glass of scotch or whatever. Right, yeah, and he'll, he'll <laughs> befriend them or like they'll take him, <laughs> you know, close to him to keep him from discovering things. And you watch them kind of like try to show that they're smarter than him yes, and, yes. and then ultimately be bested by him yeah. over, you know, silly things they didn't think about. And it's, it's, oh, it's delightful to watch as well. And having, having, you know, spent plenty of hours mainlining the OG poker face isn't quite there. Right. I mean, right? it's, yeah, it's not, I don't think that it has that necessarily that prestige feel mm. to it that this does. Um, it definitely has a lot of big guest stars and things like that. Like yep. people want to be a part of it for sure. Yep. Um, but it doesn't feel like it's aiming for the highbrow yes. element of it, you know? Yeah, I agree. But I mean, it's, it's, it does a lot of the things, it does a lot of things the same, but it also does a lot of things that Columbo doesn't do. It's right. funny as fuck, for example. Yes. <laughs> it is like actually funny. It's funny in ways that have maybe on my own in a room just completely on my own, laugh properly, ha <laughs> ha, barely laugh out loud at some things that Poker Face does. It, it is a terrific show. Yeah, it's very clever. Mm. I like the way things come together. Things surprise you. Things don't always go the way you yeah. think they're going to go. Yeah. Um, especially as you go through it, once you get towards the last few episodes of the season, mm. things really take different turns. So. Ian Johnson, man. Fucking, that's a strange one. I find him a strange one. Is that one. how you're supposed to say it? I call him Rian. 
I've always just assumed it was Ryan. Oh, it could be. I have no I've idea. Never I've know, never I've heard, heard anyone, anyone say, say it out name. loud. Jinx. Yeah. <laughs> I've only ever seen it written down. And now I'm like, fuck, how is it supposed to be said? Well, <laughs> I mean, is it too much of a stretch to say that the only reason we're getting Poker Face is because the incels hated his Star Wars? <laughs> I think it's because everyone loved Knives Out. Yeah. I think I'm going to have to go back to of. that, by the way. I'm going to have to go back to that. I didn't give it anywhere near my full attention when I watched it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I mean, it's hard for me to say for sure whether you would even get it. But ah, you do love these, love, like, whodunity things. I love the detective so, yeah. story. Yeah, maybe it just caught you in the wrong zone mm. when you watched it. And, you know, yeah, given a little more laser focus, you might Knowing what I know now, I think maybe I'll, I'll, I'll certainly go back yeah. to it. Because it certainly shares a lot of DNA with Poker Face. Mm. Absolutely. So... And has a great cast. So I think maybe, yeah, maybe revisit that and we'll we'll come back to it. I I remain very, very angry and disenchanted and just let down by what happened with Star Wars. I was I was mm. it it really fucking let me down. Not what the series did, but mm. how brazenly and shamelessly it did it. Fucking okay. such a such a letdown. You know? Again, of... I'm sorry. I wish I could commiserate with you better, but I just simply do not understand Star Wars. Now, when I think of Star Wars, I only think of how badly it fucked itself up by pandering to fucking internet dickheads. Right. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? That's definitely. that's now. And, and just to qualify this, I mean Star Wars on film. Star Wars on TV. Right. I'm a okay with man. <laughs> it's a whole other shit. thing. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um. But, you know, Rian Johnson, he, he, he tried to make an interesting fucking Star Wars film for fuck's sake. And he did. It was right. it was the most interesting thing Star Wars had, had probably ever done on. on was film. that the second of it the... was the middle prequel, the middle sequel. Yeah. Yes. The middle, which sequel. actually I did quite enjoy. Yeah. Like for yeah. a Star Wars movie that isn't Rogue One. I actually did enjoy that one. Yep. Uh, and the <clears throat> just the absolute bare faced fucking. Oh, the the they didn't even try to make it seem like they just listened to the incels and wiped out everything and just right, yeah. delivered some fan service. It, it was brazen and fucking shameless, and I hate it. I hate it with my. Did very he direct self. the last one? No, he didn't. The it went back to J.J. Abrams, I believe. Ah, gotcha. you know, and it, it was just a written by fucking just ticking off the list of things the incels said they didn't like. Right, we'll get rid of that. Right, we'll get yeah, rid of exactly. that. Uh, nah, 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 nah. Which was, I remember being unfortunate too because amongst my favorite things was um, Rose? Was that yeah, her name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it yeah, Kelly absolutely. Tran? Is that her name? Yeah, yeah. Kelly Marie go. Tran, I think her name is. Just who, completely yeah, side, loved side her in the her, second one. And yeah, she's gone. <laughs> the third one is like, fuck, don't listen to them. The rest of us will want, they're not going to be happy anyway mm. so let the rest of us have the movie you planned to make instead yeah. like and this is at I, least, I, I go on oh i should say like i think i can't remember if i've mentioned this before or not but like when i was you know the the showrunner that i was working for he would mention that like he'd been in rooms where like big decisions were made about films based on like twitter my and he'd be sitting God. there like, that's not real life, though. Like, you can't yeah. you can't base stuff off that because that's an angry minority of people yeah. where, like, everyone else 
is completely unaware of the conversation that's yeah. happening in that corner, you know? <laughs> like, a, so they really do listen to that shit, and it's absurd. There's a lovely passage on, I'm looking up to my bookcase now, in fact, on Cronenberg on Cronenberg, right? Mm-hmm. Where uh, he talks about test screenings for, mm-hmm. I think it was Videodrome. Um, Why would you even bother having a test screening know, right? for Videodrome? And uh, audience <laughs> members were all given a card to fill out. Da, 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 da. <laughs> and one particular card just it it just wrote all over the questions. I hated your fucking film. <laughs> there you go. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> that seems like a ridiculous movie to try to test. I know, right? What are you gonna? Are you gonna make some tweaks to that? Are you. <laughs> What are you gonna fix? <laughs> what's the yeah. what's the plan here? <laughs> Incredible stuff. <coughs> Anyways, yes. Um, all that to say, Poker Face is great. Columbo is great. If you yes. haven't watched those things, you should watch them. Another thing, based on a thing that I know we both watched, um, not this, but we both enjoy a little Luther in our lives. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. And the Luther movie came out yesterday. Yep. Luther, the fallen son. I, I I have to pause and not watch it yet because it's one of the only things that yeah, the Joe and Laura wife, watch. Yeah, it's one of the only <laughs> things that we watch together. And so yeah. I am bound by honour to not watch it. So I'll be waiting until whenever to see it. Well, I won't spoil anything no, from please. it, of course. But it is Luther on crack. It is like <laughs> just cranked nice. to 11. Nice. So dark. Nice. Um, of course, as you have pointed out many times, Luther does not take place in any form of the reality no, that we recognize. It, and no. this does not, this follows suit in that. Um, and it is, yeah, the the violence uh, in this is deeply dark. Oh, deeply, extremely dark. To I was surprised by it. Not necessarily like, it's not gory per se or anything like that. It's just like, you're just like holy fuck. That creative, is so the creative dark. violence. It's um yes, and okay. just yeah, dark. That's the word for it. Good. Uh, so you know, one of my friends was saying on Twitter, she's like, yeah, in my old age, I think I've gotten really sensitive. So I don't know if I like what can even really watch something like that. And I was like, yeah, no, if you're like sensitive to stuff, <laughs> the themes of Luther, the Fallen Son. <laughs> You're okay. probably going to keep you up tonight, so don't watch it. But, Beautiful. you know, Lisa, if you are taking it, if you're a Luther fan um, and you love that just like is Alice in Luther it? on his own planet kind of thing, it is, it's so fun. Is Alice in it? Is the, the, the psycho woman? Saying yes or no to that feels like okay. a spoiler. Fine, like, fine, fine, fine. <laughs> so that's the thing about Alice is you never know if mm. somehow she has like survived something, you know, and you're like fuck there she is um <clears throat> so yes i will not say a yes or a no to you okay to alice i didn't really want but... to <laughs> i know right i'm like you don't want to know the answer to that who are you all of a sudden <laughs> um but yes luther the fallen son if you're a Luth- luther fan watch it it's good. it's exactly what you expect good 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 yeah um i watched a series this week um so, you know, I love a cult. Yeah. Uh, and I love a documentary with the caveat that 95% of, like, true crime or cult documentaries that come out these days are absolute shit. 
Yes. You know, they're like usually a story that should be 45 minutes stretched out over eight episodes. Uh, and, listen. you know, they're all style, no substance, mm. <laughs> things like that. But I watched on Hulu Stolen Youth Inside the Cult at Sarah Lawrence which at first I wasn't even interested in. I'd vaguely heard about this happening. So I don't know if you remember this, Mark. Um, There was a couple years ago, this story that came out that this man had been basically running a sex cult out of his daughter's dorm. In the States. Did you hear about that at all? In the States, yeah. No, no, I did not. I don't think I did. Sarah Lawrence. Which is, you know, that's bonkers and Uh everything. But I think I didn't quite get, like what exactly was happening when I read the news stories about it and stuff like that. Um, and so this this documentary on Hulu, Stolen Youth, is honestly one of the most disturbing cult things I have ever watched in my entire life. Uh, like, and, and the reason for that is much like you've you've seen like the that one Jonestown documentary where it's like really just like all their own footage and stuff yeah. like that, right? Um, and that's what this documentary is like where for whatever reason this guy video or audio recorded everything wow everything so for one there's mountains of evidence against this guy um but also you're watching this incredible process of these normal very smart but of course impressionable you know, 20, 21, 22 year old kids Mm. um, being completely broken and brainwashed by this guy extremely effectively. Um, And there's, you know, these moments of like intense violence. Like there's one part of it where like one of the guys he's, you know, chastising about something. He keeps punching him in the stomach and like he takes a like a wrench and puts it on his tongue and is basically like threatening to yank his tongue out with it. And it's horrifying to watch, you know, you're watching someone be tortured essentially. Um, And over the course of this as like, you know, some of them managed to get out and all of this stuff and it sort of disbands, but two of these girls like stay um, with this guy. And once he gets arrested, um, this documentary crew has like access to them and they're talking to him as, you know, I mean, talking to the documentarians yeah. as this like court case is going on and they sort of steadfastly believe that like, you know, he's innocent and yeah. uh, all this stuff. And it is, I don't think I've ever really seen something effectively show the process of brainwashing like that or mm. the process of indoctrination into a cult, you know, where this you're watching it and you're like, I don't. I don't get it because I have a lot of problems with authority. So the moment someone treats me like an asshole, I'm a giant dick back. But at the same time, like watching how this happens and watching through the footage he took, this process is like deeply disturbing. It's a super interesting topic. Methods of control, methods of of mentally controlling someone. Yeah, because it feels like it shouldn't work. One of the things that's fascinating about this is he literally implants memories into these people. Right. So that, like, they think things about their lives that Mm. did not happen. And there's one conversation you hear in this where you hear the process of it, where this, this one guy, you know, he tells him, like, oh, you, you... You fucked up the, like, pans, right? Like, the cooking pans. And he's like, no, I didn't. And by the end of this conversation, that guy is like, you're right. I used vinegar in the pan 
and you know all and he has manufactured a memory of a thing that did not happen wow. he did not do it and this man has placed this in his mind that like i guess i did do that and now he has a memory of it and he does this throughout these people's entire lives where he's replaced memories of their families and stuff like that with you know actually your dad did this horrible thing to you in this moment or you know and that's what they think happened i wonder does the fact that I can no longer manufacture new memories make me <laughs> more or less more susceptible, or less susceptible? I don't or know. Or less susceptible. Because I if I know. remember something, it has to be fake. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> like, would you be questioning yeah. your own memory because you're like, I don't, I don't know anything. If that was new. true. I wouldn't remember it. Right. <laughs> but. <clears throat> he's able to do this with new and old memories. There's a girl in this who, you know, she has like a, she eventually is talking about like, you know, this picture. And she's like, yeah, uh, this memory, like my dad did this thing. And then she stops herself and she's like, I need to, I need to revise this. That's not my memory. That's the memory he gave me. <laughs> and she's my like, I gosh. every day have to like go through this process of trying to figure out what reality is because I don't know. You know, oh, that <laughs> so, fantastic. yeah, it is. I, yeah, was very surprised by this documentary that I've been skipping over for the past month mm, as yeah, Hulu yeah, yeah. recommended it to me and it ended up being uh, incredible. So Stolen Youth, Inside the Cult at Sarah Lawrence, you know, if you're into that kind of thing, check it out. But it is really disturbing okay, for the record. You. Yeah, definitely. You said you've seen more. You've seen loads of stuff, have you? I've seen loads of stuff. Um, I watched, let's see. I rewatched Pirates of the Caribbean, the original, just because it felt like it. It's always good. Went Fine. to the movies, <laughs> you know, went and saw... Uh, seems uh, interesting to me that you would voluntarily watch something with Johnny Depp in it now. It's from the it's from the before uh, times. It's from the before times. Fine, Way fine, before fine, fine. times. Apologies. Yeah. <laughs> it came from, in fact, the reason that I, I watched it was someone had posted a, a t-shirt that said, uh, why, yes, I do know all every word of the 2003 cinematic masterpiece, Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl. And I was like, that's me. Okay, I know every okay, word. Okay. Um, and I was talking to a couple of people about this. What I think is like the reason so many of us know this movie by heart is because it came out in 2003. Mm. So that is the exact sweet spot of when someone my age could buy their own dvd or would have a dvd player in their room or whatever things like that you know or i think i got it for christmas um and then there was no streaming yeah <laughs> so you had like five or six of your own dvds yeah and you just watched those over yeah. and over and over again <laughs> so yeah everyone between the age of like 35 and 39 knows pirates of the caribbean by heart um yeah that makes perfect sense yeah. Went to the theater, saw Casablanca on the big screen, which I have seen that movie literally at least a dozen times. I would show it twice a semester in my classes and stuff like that. One of my favorite movies ever, ever, ever made. So seeing that on the big screen was amazing. And there was this, you know, seeing, you know, I've seen Jaws on mm. the big screen a bajillion times. And it's always my favorite thing with the Ben Gardner head jump scare, you know. And in Casablanca, there's, you know, towards the end of the movie when uh, Captain Renault, he's, you know, says he's going to call the airport and tell him uh, that they're coming to the airport. And instead he like calls um, St uh, Strasser 
and basically is warning him like, hey, they're about to leave. And there was a woman in the audience who did a full gasp, just like a, (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) like, he's betrayed them. (laughs) And it was, oh, it was such a beautiful moment. I was like, this is why if one of my favorite movies is coming back to the the theater, I have to go. See, that's it, isn't it? it? It's right there. That's like a 60 odd year old film, 70 odd years old. Yeah, at this point, we're we're moving towards yeah. I think we're eighty you know? somewhere in there, seventy and eighty years old. If you can watch it for the first time in twenty twenty three and how it still fucking land that right. hard, then exactly. Yeah, Casablanca, Jaws. These are movies where that still get people in those you know spots, and I, I absolutely love that. Mm. Um, I watched Missing, um, the movie that I can't remember what the other one was called. I feel it's called like Searching. That had John Cho, and it was like his daughter went missing. Oh, it's, and it's the all online on the one. Screens. It's the Facebook. Yeah, okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. I, yeah, I, and so I really liked that one. That. And they came out with another one called Missing, about a girl whose mother goes missing, and she's mm. sort of uh, internet sleuthing to try to figure it out because it happens in Colombia, and like the American cops have like no jurisdiction. So she, they're, she's trying to figure things out for herself here. Yeah. Um, and it's it's very tense. And um, they do a really good job with, like, obviously, like, you know, this is kind of an inheritor of found footage. You see this kind of stuff with host and stuff like that. And it does a really good job of, like, it making sense for things to be on screen. And using that, like, things aren't always recording. It can simply be, like, you know, when you're, you just have your FaceTime open or whatever, but you haven't called anyone. Mm. And so you're going to have, like, you're going to see yourself um, in there, so it uses stuff like that. It doesn't necessarily have to be video all the time because that's not the point. <laughs> um, it's not found footage, but uh, yeah, it's it makes sense why you can see everything that's happening throughout it, and it's a very tense story. Um, perhaps a little convoluted towards the end, but yeah, it's a good time. I recommend it. Uh, I've, as we've been speaking, have got my hands on that documentary stolen youth i'm very much looking forward to it oh good yeah i will look forward to hearing what you think about it i think you'll mm. be very curious <laughs> I think nice. you'll, yeah which is an interesting one um and yeah the other stuff that i watch is really neither here nor there except uh oh no wait i did watch i watched a movie from 1996 although it feels like it's from the 80s uh, called Bad Moon. It's a werewolf movie. Have you seen uh, this one? No, I haven't. But what else could it be with the title? Like? Right, yeah, of course. Um, and this is such a a weird movie because it's really like, so basically it starts with like a guy who is having sex with his girlfriend while everybody outside is getting maimed by a werewolf. And then the girlfriend gets pulled, you know, fully naked out of the tent and mauled to death. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the guy gets like, bitten and all this kind of stuff but is like fine goes home to uh his family and um you know so it's like his sister and her her son and their dog (laughs) whose name is thor a german shepherd um yes (laughs) well the detail is somewhat important not because the name is important but because really the movie is about the dog and the werewolf and like the whole thing is kind of a battle between the two of them and the people are like tangential to the story. Like they kind of have to move it along or whatever, but you get these like long shots of just like the man and the dog just like staring at each other. And like, you know, there, (laughs) there is a point at which like, you know, the dog like pisses on his like RV or whatever. And so this guy eventually gets the dog 
to like framed for mauling someone. Um, and so the dog is taken away to be euthanized. And then the guy goes and like pisses on his doghouse in retaliation. And it's just like, it's such a weird movie where <laughs> you've got, it's a werewolf versus a dog. Um, and you know what? It's fun. Like, it is so weird that you're kind of like, I, I respect it. You so, have just reminded you know. me of... I, I'm thinking of it right now, and to think of it, it, it feels almost like it was a dream. You've mm. reminded me of, of, a, of a trailer <laughs> that I saw before Scream for a film okay. that I'd not heard of at all before seeing the trailer called Strays. And I it's, feel like I've seen the poster for that, at least. It's a talking dog film. <laughs> but uh, oh that's oh yeah yeah, yeah. that's the Will one that it's, yeah, yeah 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 i saw um, that trailer before something last week holy shit it looked awful <laughs> i am ashamed to say that i laughed but like in that like yeah this looks yeah terrible you, you just brought that i can't back, imagine watching a whole movie of that yeah yeah you know? yeah, 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 yeah <laughs> like watching a trailer of it i'm like oh, there's some like funny stupid moments here a whole movie of that Hey, we're dogs. <laughs> yeah. We piss Some on makers stuff. Of tanks, so it's, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, exactly. That's the vibe of that yep. movie. <laughs> Just, it's surprising that these uh, animals are so crass. Hey, yeah. we, we sniff asses, don't we? <laughs> we're dogs. Yeah. <laughs> does have Will Forte in it. Ah, uh, yeah, it does. It does. Half a star for Will. <laughs> yeah, Half a yeah, star for McGruber. <laughs> Indeed. So... Yeah, come on then, let's do it. Getting to yeah. our final moment. This is a movie-centric episode here. Yep. This week, obviously, huge movie yeah. for the horror community came out, uh, and that is Scream 6. Uh-huh. Uh, and, of course, we both went and saw that, but I wanted to talk more broadly about Scream, because, like I said before, um, both of us claim Wes Craven... Um, properties as our favorite franchises. It is very interesting. Yes. Yes. You're a you're a Nightmare on Elm Street head. Yeah. I am a, a a scream enthusiast. Mm. Um. And and so you have maybe a little less, I guess, experience well, with Scream. Than would you mind I do. awfully just mm-hmm. taking a look uh, at your signal and reading? For the benefit of our listeners, as and for myself, the text you sent me after you'd seen Scream Six. <laughs> Let's see here. You're making me go all the way back here. I apologize. I mean, you know, so many people who I I feel are my kind of people vibe wise seem to have loved Scream Six. Yeah, exactly. And I cannot find it. It's too far back in the, the things. But I said something, you know, you said along the lines, the lines of... of it rules. In caps, all caps. It's funny and it's gory and it's brilliant. You gotta that see That part it. was not in all caps. I would never write that. Okay, okay, fair enough. But you you were <laughs> but yeah. very enthusiastic about this film. Yeah, and I really, I was like, this is going to be, this is has Mark's name all over it, this mm. <laughs> this particular movie. Now, when it comes to, to Scream on the whole, you know, I said to you earlier, I think that Scream really is, if not the best, but then one of the best horror franchises as a whole um because with pretty much every horror franchise you get like some that are just like absolute shit right like we all acknowledge there is this one that is 
not good or in the case of some so franchises there are several that are terrible such as what are the shit i mean like oh god I'm not, I'm not gonna go through all my my shit list of things but like if you i mean like if you're looking at like friday the 13th or i mean with nightmare on elm street i think there are ones that people generally do not like although you would disagree with yeah. <laughs> um, but that are often uh you know maligned um Halloween certainly has plenty yeah, of shitters. Yeah, here we go. And yeah, it. like you know, everything has its handful of shit in the franchises. Yes, agreed. Where Scream, even the one that people like say is terrible or whatever, is extremely watchable. Scream Three is a very fun and watchable movie, even if it's you know not the best of the Scream movies. If it breaks away a little bit from what Scream is and does, which I haven't finished the episode yet, but on Dead and Lovely, they talked a bit about like why it happened the way it did with some of the like, you know, they were dealing with kind of um, 9-11 or not 9-11, um, Columbine things okay. of like yeah, yeah, the yeah, yeah. studio was like, we do not want any teenagers to get killed. And like, you know, mm. which is like kind of central to Scream. Um, and, you know, the just sort of like stuff happening at the time that made it so that they had to like, redirect this from what scream normally is like at the same time scream three is basically the um new nightmare of the scream franchise right (laughs) you know like it's doing the same kinds of things that new nightmare does and kind of like winking at us and being like you know it's the movie within the movie all that kind of stuff um so yeah i think even the worst of the scream movies is still watchable uh, the, to me, I I the, the first thought I had when I left the cinema was that if that is if that is really really good scream, <laughs> then I I clearly just don't like scream. So explain this to me because I am you had okay so also like you ha- you haven't had a ton of experience with scream movies and I know that like. Last year, you went back and you watched Scream, the original. Yeah. Uh, and you were like, I liked this a lot more than good. I remembered yes. that. Good, I, good movie. Good movie. Did. Yeah. A lot of fun. What didn't work for you about Scream 6? Because, yeah, okay. like you said, everyone seems to be loving this. I was really expecting you to enjoy this movie. Uh, what didn't work here? I So, firstly, I, I think it pulled a load of punches gore-wise. All okay. over the place. Right. And I, I've got specific examples of when it Go whiffed it, yeah. it on the gore. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, the bit where it, it was really cool seeing Ghostface with a shotgun, right? I loved that. That was uh-huh. fucking badass. And he's got the fucking, the, the shopkeeper on the floor, the shotgun trained on him, and he pulls the trigger, and we just cut to his arms flailing about, and we see nothing. Uh-huh. Punch pulled. Sure. Uh, in fact, there's, there's nothing gore-wise to speak of except some stabbings. Uh, that is kind of how the movie And the body works. in the fridge. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> yeah. But that no, I get that. And to be clear, by the way, just in case people are worried, delight. just in case people are worried, we won't spoil no, the movie. No, We're we just going to talk about some moments and things like that in this. <laughs> I just want to make that clear. Maybe you know, I was You see basically that scene to... happening in the... Yes, of course. You know, uh, based on, on... Maybe I was expecting too much from it, goal-wise. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because I think this is... Like, to me, for a slasher in this, like, vein, mm. this is gorier than most that you would see. Because most polar punches, you don't see in, like, a mainstream slasher but a lot of, like... Halloween kills. 
the second mm-hmm. one of the new trilogy. That's fucking. That's got some really good quality, close up fucking lingering gore, <laughs> which yeah. I which I'm all about, as you know. Which Scream Five had, um, which I think you liked that one better. Yeah, it did. Uh, it did. <laughs> but, it did. And I enjoyed uh, it more. Mm, I don't know. Maybe it's a correlation. Yeah. yeah, maybe so. Um, so this, what else about this didn't didn't work? Uh, they there seemed like there was a, like a twenty minute stretch in the middle, right, mm-hmm. where it just went from conversation to conversation, all along the same lines. Why can't I love and have normal relationships? Why am I weird? Oh, it's because of the killings. Oh, the killings. Yeah, we're damaged, aren't we? <laughs> and it, there was like five of those conversations back to back. Why can't See, I? That's love funny a because boy? I thought this was better because it didn't do that. Where oh, the I last one, so that was much. the whole movie. <laughs> It, like she's the first talking to his uh, sister, a fucking. Uh, I mean, they definitely we, go through this, came but to also follow me that's to New York very because scream. of the murders. Uh, yeah, right. But they're quick. That's the thing. They're not like long conversations. They're quick nods to. Hey, it's just a, a bunch lot of, of them. I found it very heavy-handed. <laughs> but what I cannot get past, and what I cannot mm-hmm. forgive, right, um, is how it is now completely enslaved by its own continuity. Its own fucking story, right? Just like mm-hmm. Saw. If you watch like Saw 7 or fucking whatever they're on now. Ah, this is the cousin of the guy in part two. And if you saw mm-hmm. that one, then you'll know that in part four, they did this thing, which led to this and this one. Scream is now just a fucking, uh, just an absolute fucking circle jerk about its own continuity and its own story. Imagine watching this in your first Scream film. You'd be like, what the fuck is this all about? I don't know anything. Yeah, but see, okay. I get this. I get I it. Accept that. I want to. I, I, I want to come to this Here's, film and I have a nice kind of fucking. But who watches experience Scream Six own? first and expects to understand it? Like you wouldn't do that with like any other movie. You oh, wouldn't so go into so, any series and oh, do that. Oh, I don't know. Accept that. So many like there is a precedent in horror or whatever that like you can just reboot shit out of nowhere. Yeah. But like a normal movie series. You don't expect them to not connect to one another. You expect it's, them to have continuity. Is it not a little bit obnoxious that this film literally built a shrine to itself? Is that not a little bit fucking sickening? But that's every single one of the movies does that. That's the point. Like, that starts at... Well, and you haven't seen Scream 4. Um, I, oh, I've seen it. I've forgotten like, about it, which is plausible. <laughs> yeah. The, like, you know, the once they started looking at... I mean, it's every one of them, because that's the whole point. The first one happens, and they do it because of, you know, say they do yeah. it because of scary movies in general. Yeah. The second one happens, and, you know, it's a, uh, you know, the... Uh, Timothy Oliphant character is doing it out of his like you know mm. warped sense of like oh I'm so into the lore of what happened here right and then you've got Billy Loomis's mom so yes. you always have like a relative or something like that three its own thing but it's making a stab movie <laughs> um, so it is about the movie itself four it's about uh, this these geeks who are so obsessed with the stab movies and with making their own version of it uh, that they kill. Then five, you know, you have the, well, I feel like giving away any, well, I mean, you have an obsessed stab fan. But I I know all that because because the film won't fucking stop talking about itself. So you're complaining about it both being continuous and that uh you can't come into it without it being without knowing the other ones. No. No. <laughs> what I'm complaining about is the fact that 
its its endless fascination with itself isn't part of the gimmick. And we get that in every single fucking chapter where one of the kids talks about, we're in this kind of film now. All right, fine. I get it. That's that Scream. That's what Scream is. But I don't think any of the chapters so far have been so pleased with themselves. And to continually talk about themselves to the detriment of the actual film itself. It isn't a fucking, it's barely a movie in and of itself. It's just a fucking, a daisy chain of, 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 it's an insular fucking collapsing inward on itself under the weight of its own continuity. And I hate that. (laughs) Yeah, I think this is definitely an issue of like, you just don't really like the conceit of Scream. Because yeah, I don't think, I don't Corey, trust me, it isn't that. Trust me, it isn't that. Well, that was what you said in the first place. You're like, maybe Scream just isn't for me. And I think for me, this isn't, (laughs) A departure in any way I think from it's, the other ones. This is I think very it's, much it's, like all the other ones. It's lost the arch kind of detachment and examination of itself. It's lost the fucking mirror that it that, that it tried all. to hold up to itself and became too too pleased with itself. It's it's built a shrine to the franchise, literally in fucking it's literally developed a shrine to itself within the film. I thought that was That's obnoxious. Like, yeah, that is from, you know, the again i don't want to spoil anything but i'm like it makes sense it makes perfect sense based on where the last two films were going and that is absolute absolutely makes sense for this to happen and i think that you know i think it's still i think one of the things i like about scream is that it's always making some sort of commentary on what's going on in the world in this case kind of the tiktok sleuth type thing i was talking about without that really being what the the movie is about ultimately mm. it's about these central characters or whatever getting tormented over and over again because of this one stupid fucking thing that happened 25 years ago. It always goes back to that and the movies that they made afterwards. And, you know, that cycle keeps repeat repeating as a mm. result of it. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, I think like, you know, kind of to me, it is not that different. I think is a lot more screamish than scream five was, even though scream five definitely had, um, some harder gore. I thought this one had plenty of good up close gore moments and like the tension in this one. I really liked, you know, like there were, Mm. they were not afraid to draw out something for a long time to make you feel how scary this moment was, you know, like Mm. with the ladder scene or um, the, the subway scene, like the ladder scene I thought was about to do something super, super cool and fun, but it didn't. But the tension of that scene worked really well for me. I thought, like, this had me, like, very in, like, a tense space uh, throughout the movie. I thought that this time, as opposed to the last one, I did not really give a shit about the other characters, Mm. uh, like, these new characters in it. And this one, I think, you know, uh, I was annoyed about some of the legacy characters being gone, and then in this, I was like, yeah, it would have been they wouldn't have been able to move this story along without if they were still trying to tug those characters along with them. So this actually works out really well this way. I think I, I like these characters. I like the sort of sense that, um, you know, I don't know who can and can't die in this. Well, um, that's, that's another thing. Um, Being stabbed in this film is apparently fine you could just walk it off 
<laughs> Plenty of people yeah. are stabbed multiple fucking times in this film, mm-hmm. and in within a scene or two, we're running around like it didn't fucking happen. I hated that. <laughs> By this time, I decided that I didn't like the film. But what I, I will yeah. also f- <clears throat> finally say. Uh, that the performances by the killers after they're unmasked, mm-hmm. dreadful. They just flip to becoming fucking the worst kind of stock psycho. Like they're all just almost impersonating uh, Matthew Lillard in the first one. They just. I mean, and again, I think that's also that kind of screen tradition. I think they all do that, you yeah. know, and that's kind of become a thing in and of itself. The the villain always has to do the ridiculous over the top monologue switch from you know what they were like so that's like yeah that's you're right that it's absurd and everything but that also is just like a scream thing I don't think that's necessarily a problem with them specifically Um, but yeah I think you know this is I think for scream fans um, people who are really into the franchise I think that like this is a really good entry into it like I, I mean as much as i'll fight you on it like i yeah. get what you where your critiques are coming from and everything i just disagree with them but yeah. um you know if you're like really into this series you know and and into the sort of lore that has been built from yeah. scream over all of this time like yeah. this delivers on all of that while finally making these characters people that you can kind of uh get behind and amongst the things that i love is i just really deeply enjoy how unhinged um melissa barrera's character gets at time that's where you get those like kind of good uh i got some good laughs out of the chaos of the end of it simply from funny fun violence Mm. uh towards the end where you're just like this is so insane and over the top and the way that they're reacting to things is uh ridiculous and hilarious um I had a great time with that. So I think, yeah, if, you, if you're if you really into the franchise, this to me does a really good job of revisiting Scream 2, which is what it's trying to do, uh-huh. um, and then making it modern and fun and doing some unexpected things with that, not just simply copying Scream 2, but mm. making a, a cool version of it. Uh, I was delighted when it opened to see Samara Weaving. I know, right? <laughs> but then I realized that she was the first girl and yeah, I was sad. She's the opening of the movie. Yeah. We know how this works. Yeah. Uh, but yes, it was to see she's one of... She's great. She's one of my new favorites. I love her. Yeah, to see one of our great final girls be the mm. opening girl in yeah. Scream is ah, pretty fun. God damn. <laughs> uh, listen, I'm glad I'm glad you see where my problems are coming from even if yeah, you do of not course i mean i always do uh-huh. <laughs> it's more of a just a, a disagreement on how those things worked but yeah no i get why it didn't work and i also I... would be interested in in this in you seeing this at, again at some point uh-huh. um because i also have this this theory that you always go to the movie theater at like eight nine at night and you I never do. like anything and so I'm like, I feel like maybe you like. I stayed awake. I was awake throughout the whole that's thing. That's good. That's a plus. That's excellent. Um, yeah. Right. <laughs> that is, that's one up on everything else you've seen. At least. Uh, recently. At least with other late stage franchise entries, right? Mm-hmm. At least with, you know, fucking Jason X or <laughs> Freddy's Dead. 
obviously there's continuity, obviously there's law, there's a lot that's come before it, but you can enjoy those films in and of themselves. And I don't think you can with Scream 6. I literally don't think if that was and your first gonna, one, you could enjoy it. I don't necessarily it. disagree with you. My thing is that Scream is not a franchise like that where you're meant to be able to take them without having seen anything. So you're saying and I don't think that's there's a no studio expectation on that film to attract any new viewers? No, I think they expect that there will be. Um, but I don't think that as a franchise you necessarily... And that's why they're constantly catching you up throughout this movie, right? Because constantly. they do know there's going to be people who have never seen it before. And mm. there are five movies that are all extremely continuous in this series. But it's like, to me, like, you know, you don't expect that from Star Wars. You don't expect that from, like, uh, basically non-franchises like... Friday the 13th or something like that. I think that it's perfectly reasonable to expect, you know, people to know what they're going to see when you're... Okay, so if that is the case, why do they fucking spend so long at pains to catch you up? They literally, there's that scene in the police station with all of the fucking, the entire... Uh, franchise history laid out on the evidence board and they talk you through every single killer. Then they do it again when they get to the shrine at the end. Because there are going to be new people see it. Also, people forget things. I don't know. I I rewatched all of them, but uh, not everyone rewatches every movie before they go in and see a movie. So someone might have seen Scream 2 in 1998 and (laughs) come into this and have no idea, you know, who the killer was or things like that or get them all mixed up. So, you know, I'm not saying no new people watch it. I'm just saying that this franchise is not set up like a Friday the 13th. You Mm. know, it's, it's set up to be continuous and for you to become invested in is characters there, over is time. Is there a viable future for a franchise which has become about itself? I mean, I think you're not giving it enough credit for not just being <laughs> about well, itself. It, what, uh, what else is Scream but, 6 about then, if not itself? I mean, it's about like the online uh, tendency towards... Uh, turning people into villains whether or not they are or aren't Uh and the repercussions for the people who are on the receiving end of that kind of attention um and then it's also about these kids who are being stalked and murdered and then it's also about stab and about uh you know what's happened here i don't like i think that's a weird complaint to be like this movie continues to be about the same thing that it's always that, been that about. That is, that is, and yet isn't what I'm saying. I'm not saying that. I'm not complaining that it's an an entry in a franchise. Right. I'm complaining no, that, that it is an entry but... in a franchise which has just completely devoured itself and is now yeah. only about itself. Yeah, I just don't think that's accurate. Okay, fine. <laughs> that's. All. I get your complaint. Mm. I just don't think that's true. Mm. I think it's more. Like you said, by the time it got to the reveal of the shrine or whatever, you already decided you didn't like this movie. And thus, that's going to irritate you a ton. It did. It pissed me right you off. Know, when you're like, I'm I... not enjoying this movie and this movie thinks highly of itself or whatever. It's not But I mean, going into that last act, yeah. I was like, all right, I, I, was, I was still, come on, you, come on, pull it back, pull it back, pull it back. <laughs> and then just, they opened into a museum about the franchise. Fucking no, man, that is not what I wanted. Yeah, that's fair. I get it, even if I just don't. I think you're not seeing the forest for the trees here. But at the same time, too, I do think that is a question that's worth asking. Like, okay, so 
have we now that we've gone this far into the yeah meta, i mean meta, seven meta, has meta. been greenlit it's obviously making money so what the fuck right are so do what now? do you do with seven at this point you know you you can't just simply space. like have this but again you're dealing with five and six are very connected so again how it gets to that point makes sense um, where seven is going to move away from or, the events of five, but uh, where does it? What does it do when it 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 achieves longevity past its peers? If it doesn't have a mm-hmm. frame of reference, yeah. to, to I think you know be all winky about. I think what we're aiming towards now is something more uh, focused on Melissa Barrera's character. Um. And, you know, I don't know how that's going to play in with sort of the meta stab stuff and all that kind of stuff. I'm not sure. And I don't know if it'll work. Like, I'm not saying, and this is sustainable (laughs) by any stretch of the imagination. Because, you know, when I went into this, I was, I had low expectations. Yeah. Um, I was like, "Uh, this is going to suck. This is going to be a shitty movie. (laughs) And so I certainly wasn't going into it thinking... This is, yeah, we're on mm. the cusp of something great in this. And therefore, and I'm not saying Scream I was on the opposite end. Great. I went into right. it expecting <laughs> With to going, oh, everybody came. loves this. Yeah. yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, maybe it's a, an expectations issue here, too. But yeah, so I'm not I'm with you in that. I don't know that it's sustainable, per se, to keep on doing this. Um, however... That this managed to work so well for me when I was not expecting it to, mm. um, says to me, like, I don't know, maybe they'll have something in the tank that will be able to keep it from being like, fuck, okay, we get it, mm. you know. Uh, so I don't know, we'll see. We'll see. Or rather, you'll see, because I'm not going to the theater to see Scream 7. <laughs> I still think at some point, I want you to watch it again, but in a different mode. All right, then. um and just for the record i was thinking i constantly try to do my like scream ranking which is a very difficult thing to do because usually my favorite one is the one i'm watching at that particular moment yeah but i think my what i've come up with for right now for this moment is that scream one and two top top of my tier i can't i can't choose between them because mm. i love them both so much uh i put this one six right below that four three five that okay. is my ranking of enjoyment Thank of you. the scream franchise Thank you very much <laughs> friends let us know your ranking because we know you all saw it so you know tell us where you rank your screams um, tell us Disagree what you like, with don't me. like. Disagree with me. Agree with me. Or me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know uh, Canadian boy Ryan is kind of a, he's a, a non-scream sixer. Um, everyone else I've seen so far seems to quite like it, but I'm sure that there are more divergent opinions out there than simply what Letterboxd reflects at this point. So mm. yeah, let us know which one of us you agree with, disagree with, whatever. We want to hear your thoughts on the scream. <laughs> That's what they call it in France. It is, yeah. Let's scream. <laughs> and until six, numéro six. <laughs> <laughs> and until next week, dear friends, one thing. Uh, stay spooky. <laughs>